Hello and welcome everybody. This is the Domain Gaming presenting Harmony's Fall. Oh, that's Mike here. Um, <laughs> well, welcome everyone. Welcome back. I hope we all had a, a good breather, a time to take in the system. Uh, I will do the classic and ever legendary known as the Dice of Destiny which means one of you lucky folk are going to recap us on how this story began. So, without further ado, Ian. Thank God. <laughs> I was sweating bullets. <laughs> we fell from the sky. I was the first one to land. I land somewhat gracefully. Came into contact with an orc. Told me to head to dissident dissidence. Sorry. Then we found a half-elf getting blown over by the wind. He kept calling the orc a tree. The next thing we found were two people attempting to get a touchdown with a gnome. Um, and the linebacker was bearing down on them with very sharp teeth. The orc seemed to be friends with the dragon thingy, drake, whatever it is. Threw it a tomahawk steak. Then we proceeded to follow him into town. Uh, we were taken to an inn. Got cleaned up, found out that we have strange markings on our head that seems to have to do with our ability to cast magic, except for Yikishi, um, who doesn't have that because she is a rogue, and we kind of went about our day doing various things. I went around tending to the animals of the stables, um, Yikishi did some night prowling, saw something that we're going to start up with, and then we also had an impromptu play done by um, Kaya. All right, there you go. Sounds good to me. I'm actually trying to find... Here it is. <clears throat> My GM notes. Got it. Uh, only only the most professional here. Where <clears throat> <laughs> are my notes? Um, but anyway, we are actually going to open up with Yikishi. Hey. So you were skulking about, and you looked into... You followed these guards. They had someone that they were dragging behind them. Uh, you look around, uh, and I believe you said the last thing you did was you looked in the alleyway? Yeah, I looked in the alleyway, and I started to follow them. Okay. Um, because I believe it was... Yeah. So, looking in the alleyway, you do see an individual that matches roughly the same armoring and attire as the other two guards who were dragging the man away. This one, on the other hand, does not seem to have weapons drawn and is instead uh, removing his cloak and placing it on another individual, a uh, young woman who seems rather worse for wear. Uh, it would appear that whatever scuffle you'd come across, uh, these individuals seem to have intervened in it. Okay. <laughs> I would like to jump on top of the roof to get a closer look at things, to see if I can try uh -huh. to overhear anything. Uh, which group are you going to be eavesdropping on? Whichever one's the closest one to me. That would be the woman and sure, the guy sure. that just dropped the cloak. Well, put it on her. So uh, give me a, an acrobatics roll. Acrobatics. I got a six in acrobatics. 
and I only need to roll one d ten. Twenty. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a twelve. So eighteen. Eighteen. Uh, with an uncanny cat-like grace, you leap up onto the the roof above. It is a thatch roof, so your experience and uh, understanding of strength that you're stepping on you tend to keep to the the actual main beams on the sides of the building listening in you could tell that the guard um at least seems to be a guard is taking down uh, essentially an affidavit you know getting the woman's name what occurred what's going on that sort of thing uh appears that uh, According to her, she responds that uh, she'd finally had enough of dealing with the gentleman and was tired of his gambling addiction, and things took a turn for the worse, which is when she broke out into the street. And at which point, a large congregation of citizens jumped him. They have since scattered, and the guard came in, and, well, they dragged the guy away. Okay, that's good. All is well that ends well. I'm going to start heading near the other group. All right. You follow along them. They did not get very far. Uh, You spent a couple of minutes listening, but then since you're able to go from rooftop to rooftop fairly easily, you start making your way towards the large castle type. Uh, It's not really a castle. It's, It's more of a wooden fortress. Uh, you do note that there's not a whole lot of cobblestone in this area. There, uh, Everything seems to be wood-based. Perhaps because they just don't have access to it, or they haven't quite gotten that far. You, you don't know. So semi-medium class affordable, but not quite there. Uh, it's Even the richest person would be considered middle class by any standard. Uh Okay. <laughs> uh, most most of the houses look to be uh look look to be constructed by an individual, maybe, you know, a lot of the beams are crooked. Uh there doesn't appear to be any uniformity between them. It's it's very it's very disjointed and even as you're having to go from rooftop to rooftop, you're finding that uh you're still only maybe at most on the second floor. So you're at most two stories up. There's nothing that gets particularly tall around here. So you continue following the uh, the guards and you start to get towards the fortress area. Uh, give me an intelligence-based stealth roll. So give me an intelligence check and apply your stealth skill to it. Okay, intelligence, 10, stealth. I have a six, 16, and I roll one well, deep. No, you, no, no, no. It's just you have a 10, so the modifier is flat. So you're rolling, uh, you're just rolling a d10 plus your, your proficient in stealth. So it's only a plus three because the, the character sheet adds your dexterity bonus. Okay. So just the three for right, my stealth. Just the three. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I one d20. Or actually, I need to check and see if you have uh, expertise. Now that I think about it, Am I? anyway, we'll we'll see what the dice <laughs> says. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> you sure you don't want to do what you were doing? 
Okay, uh, so we're no, all... it's still just plus three. Oh, okay. Yeah, over. Okay, real quick, over where it says prof, that's mm -hmm. short for proficiency. That's your actual bonus granted by the skill. Oh, okay. So in bold, that's your total if you're just doing a normal check. Okay, and this isn't normal. No, this is this is your knowledge of being stealthy rather than your skill of being stealthy. Okay. I got a 13. 13. Hmm. So you rolled a 10? No, my dice is 13. I need to add Oh, your my dice is 13 thingy. plus 3. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's okay. It's okay. So that's a 16 total. Yeah, you look at this fortress thing, cast or whatever, fort. Really, it's just a fort. And um, you don't really see an easy way to follow them in there. You know, just kind of looking at it and judging from it. The guards are there. They're pretty... Uh, they're, they seem to be pretty attentive. Looking at it just for a few minutes, you can tell that um, they, at the very least, are on the lookout for trouble. There's okay. an air of tenseness tenseness they're, yeah they're not exactly like actively looking for someone but it's pretty clear that they're all excuse me it's pretty clear that they're all sort of on edge that little um, scuffle shouldn't do that to them in the least no, no can i roll a perception well what did you... um not really necessary you have a passive perception of 17 oh um, which means you just naturally hear things really well. Okay, I just wanted to things. check out the area to see if I can sense whatever they're tripping off of. Um, not really necessary. And really, even with a high perception, it wouldn't be that difficult. Or it would, even with a low perception, it wouldn't be that difficult. You can hear uh, an individual whom his voice booms out of his room. Uh, and it is just absolutely livid at this moment i can't get any closer there's no ledge or anything i mean you've got the fence around the fort and but those got, guards are doing their job <laughs> yeah but those guards are definitely doing their job this is this is the day where you really don't want to mess up apparently yeah um, i'll just make also, a note of that voice you also pick up other things you hear the sounds of celebration of uh camaraderie of uh what's the word to look for here you you hear what sounds like people having a party coming from the 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 fort uh this person yelling is kind of on the very edge and so whatever has got all the guards concerned it, it doesn't seem to be slowing down the, the party going on inside. But you can't really see what's going on from there. Interesting. Okay. I think that's just enough a little scouting for the moment, because I don't want to screw up this early in a game. <laughs> I'll just make a note of the guy's voice to try to remember next time. Let's start heading back to the tavern? Bar? Pub? Yeah. Wherever yeah. everyone else is? Well, not everyone is there, but most everyone is there, I believe. Who is not at the tavern for the night? Uh, uh, probably just uh, Ural, right? Yeah, yeah, he would be just me. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'm going to start dashing back, making little notes of side alleys and stuff. 
Yeah, you start to get a little bit of a, a map of the area. Yeah. Anyway, you come in and the barkeep is there and he goes, Ah, oh, you're finally back. Um, Have a good adventure. Yeah, quite interesting, this town you got. I like really? the big fancy building that you got in the center. Who's the big shot that lives there? Oh, uh, that would be the Baron. That's the Baron's place? Looks pretty nice. Yeah, the the Baron, he uh, used to run a... Uh, he used to run a gambling den, apparently. And so when he came down here, he, well, he kept doing what he knew best. And so he's turned that into a large empire here. And it's, well, large as can be expected. He provides a lot of the morale bolstering, and he's the one who gets things done around here. Okay, so that's if the you can, guy to know. If you can stomach the temper on occasion temper he's a little uh boisterous of an individual hmm. i'll keep that in mind but hey if there's any parties let me know i mean you're certainly welcome to go uh attend his little uh little gathering once you've made yourself a citizen of the of dissonance anyone can go oh sure it's open to all types you just have to walk up to the front gate and ask well, great. <laughs> no, it's not too late in the evening, right? <laughs> it's getting pretty late, and yeah. you have no money. And your character is familiar with the concept of gambling. It is. Uh, it was yeah. actually up until about twenty years ago uh, a common pastime in uh, Harmony. Uh, but then 20 years ago, that was when the Spark Madness event started to come and mm. started to really grow. And so things like gambling and vices and all kind of started to go by the wayside for fear of being marked as Spark Mad and cast out. Okay. So going to need to spend money to make money and to get to know this guy. Thanks for the heads up. I'm going to start heading to my my room, I guess. It's it's the common room. I mean, it's it's quiet enough. There certainly aren't a whole lot of people there. A couple of, you know, what you see about four individuals there. Uh, each of them seem to kind of be out on uh, out on their own. They don't seem to have anyone specific. Um, there's one person who seems to have a very hefty sack of coin with him, although he guards it with a golden chain. Uh, accompanied with him here or there <clears throat> seems to be another person and they, they're arguing about uh, the price of, of some kind of meat you don't know what the creature is uh, but they seem to be arguing about the price per pound and then in the back of course there's the musician oh musician guy uh, with money guy with money <laughs> Does he look angry? <laughs> uh, it seems to be a, a cordial discussion. Okay. It seems um, to be two people who would rather talk than get uh, aggressive. Hmm. But right. um, that was only three. The fourth person is a halfling off in the back corner. Halfling? Yes just kind of bouncing off of the lighting uh, he stands roughly about uh slightly taller than a gnome but uh much much pudgier 
the fireplace light bounces off of his auburn hair and that's about all you can really see is he's got his arm his arms and hands folded over a pipe puffs slowly in between the hand and where his mouth would be and he seems rather modestly dressed uh, but the most striking thing that you can see about him is this bold blue cloak that he wears he wants to brag and boast with silence just saying i don't think i'm gonna start anything this early on i'm gonna just make a note of these people to remember for next time we head to mm-hmm. bed all right well each of you do manage to get a decent night's sleep um does anyone have anything else they wanted to bring up before we move on nope nope all right so morning comes and it is an early morning in fact because you're in the common room the moment the farmers start to come in for a pre-sunrise breakfast it unfortunately does wake you up uh. mm. Uh, I'm an early bird. <laughs> uh, it's it's very early. It is before dawn. Oh, no, it's still dark. Most yep. likely I can hear with my ears, so I'm up. <laughs> yep, <you're right. laughs> I'm not even going to try to force Ikashi to go to sleep. Just She's up. She, she's up. <laughs> yep. Early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy and wise, but socially dead. <laughs> yep. So, it it seems to be, sorry, pardon me, um, seems to be that the common tavern area has kind of cleared out, and this is just kind of a breakfast bar of about four farmers, four or five that are sitting there just waiting on various bits of food before they start their day. Uh, question. Do I happen to actually know any of these since I was, uh, working stables around town? You actually do recognize one of them. Uh, his name is Annette. And he was a, he's a human that, uh, has kind of a, a bright curly hair, which is odd. Farmers tend to, you know, because of the sun beating down on it, they tend not to have fair complexion and curly hair, but you know, he, whatever. He was the farmer. Um, he does have a a pretty sturdy look about him other than his fairer complexion, but yeah, you, you tended to his, one of his pack mules that had suffered from stepping on a a stone incorrectly and had uh, cut across his hoof. I was just curious. Okay. But uh, Uh, other than... Sorry, uh, I was like going downstairs is, or upstairs, wherever we are. Does Yikishi recognize anyone that she probably passed up during the night? No, no, y'all do not recognize anyone that you see. You are uh, strangers of your own kind, or strangers in this town. Uh, perhaps occasionally you look at someone that you might be like, did I see them last night? I don't know. It was dark. And even though you have pretty decent dark vision i mean people were there weren't very many people on the streets cool yikishi gets food all right um so since you have yet to meet the baron um you haven't oh no wait no you don't have any coin 
Sorry. One of us does. Yeah, only one of us does. But um, you come up and <clears throat> what has been prepared, kind of the, I wouldn't call it the pot stew, but the, the general, here you go, this is, this is for people who don't have any money. Uh, it is a wheat porridge. But, you know, it's been seasoned with some fruits and a little bit of cinnamon. Better than nothing. Yeah. I go ahead and uh, take a bowl, and I actually uh, begin a conversation with um, Emmett at this time, you know, asking him about his mule, how it's doing. Uh, you'll go, ah, Annette, but... Uh, Annette, sorry. Yes, I mean, it was only tended to last night, but he seems to be doing all right. Um, He'll be out of commission, like you said, for the next day or two while the bandages hold. But uh, he doesn't seem to be quite as stubborn to walk anymore. Good to hear. Always good to hear. So, how long are you in town for? Oh, well, I live in town, but the farmlands are just outside of the, uh, <clears throat> just outside the, the walls. Um, we tend to keep very, very close in the event of an attack from one of the larger monsters in the area. Larger monsters, those uh, scaly things that breathe fire? Ah, yes. The, uh, the Janathi. At least that's uh, that's what the orcs around here refer to them as. They, uh, they're just terrifying creatures. And then there's uh, quite a few others. Some fly, some don't. We've we've had dragons. We've had uh, large tortoises. We've had uh, a snail, roughly the size of a house. That one wasn't exactly a threat. Ah. <laughs> You guys have some very interesting animals here. <laughs> it made particularly stunning glass, though. Yes, the uh, the 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 trail, the slime, whatever. Um, we when it came through, it kind of sort of didn't care that it went through one of our farms. But you know, that's okay. How do you stop a uh, two thousand pound snail? Can I make a quip oh. about salt here? <laughs> Oh no, it, it, we tend to leave most of those creatures alone, and as a result, the uh, forest folk, the, the, the plains folk, or whatever they refer to themselves as, uh, they tend to keep the, the, the creatures aired away from us. Uh, but no, it, it made the most spectacular glass. Our local uh, parishioner just had to go down and, and get a cut of it. And a large section of it now graces the holes every morning of our chapels. Okay. Um, you mentioned these plains folk. They keep track of the um, animals in the area? Uh, much of the larger ones along the plains, yes. And then there's the uh, mountainous types up north. There's the fey folk over in the woods to the west and then south. Now, south, that is an interesting locale. Uh, you would be, take my advice, good sir. Do not travel south. It is dangerous. What kind of danger is there? Mountains that erupt fiery ash and creatures that thrive and exist in that area. Our scouts have reported extremely lethal beings. Uh, some of them seem to come from this molten ooze, whatever it truly is. 
Well, well warned. I will take note of that. Yes, if you are traversing south into the jungles when you start to encounter uh, animated stone creatures that just appear to be made of rock, uh, you have gone far too deep and should retreat immediately. I don't suppose my character has any idea what animated stone, or he wouldn't be thinking golem? No. Okay. Animated stone. Well, this place gets more and more elaborate as I uh, figure things out here. Yes, and you would do well to respect the wildlife in the area. Um, well, there I, don't, is... I don't believe that needs to be stated for me. But... <laughs> well, there is an interesting tale, and he turns and looks over at the entertainer and says, uh, The tale of Wene, the lady, I imagine. And the entertainer looks, and he goes, Ah, yes, quite. And he starts to play a chord um, as if sing-along itself was about to spring forth from his voice, but the barkeep cuts on and says, no, none of that. <laughs> <laughs> too early? Too, too bloody early. <laughs> he goes, oh. He says, long story short, when I was a noble lady who came down, got cast out from Harmony for her stubbornness, we presume that her father is the one that threw her out, and uh, she decided that she would waggle her finger at a dragon. This had the effect of her no longer having hands. There. Story ended. No songs required. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> so, a dragon <laughs> ate... <laughs> dragon ate her hands. Okay. Don't punish dragons. Okay. Yes, do not waggle your fingers at dragons, for they are soft and squishy. Uh -huh. I just nod. <laughs> Jace nods. Yikishi keeps eating. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, <clears throat> soon after y'all finish eating, the, the farmers have long since gone. They ate, they're gone. Like their their goal is to get started as soon as there's daylight that they can see. Uh, which for some of them is not that big a deal. Uh, but some need more light than most. And uh, you kind of sit around the tavern for a bit. And there's, there's a bit of a delay in your intentions. For whatever reason, the barkeep assures you that if you all just... Stay put for a moment. The uh, the interested parties who want to talk to you will arrive. Um, and it is roughly about, uh, I'd say, two hours later. One of the individuals from last night, the man who took your questions, comes in with a couple of guards. Yikishi, you, you recognize not the individual guards, but what they're wearing. Uh, they, they seem to be whatever passes for the local law around here. Mm. He <clears throat> takes his scroll and he steps in and not really looking around the room and seeing that there are very few people. He simply says, I am looking for the individuals known as Jace, Devin, Kaya, and Yikishi. Present and accounted for. Here. Yeah. Hello ah, yes. there. The Baron has requested your presence as soon as possible. 
Uh, are there any issues that you would have towards making an immediate and direct haste to the barony? I quickly start shoving food in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) It's not not that necessary. If you're still in the midst of your breaking of the fast, that is perfectly acceptable. Uh, We have a few moments. I'll start making my way there if one of you can lead me. Uh, We would prefer to have each of you go uh, as a group. I nod, and I just, I stand and uh, wait with them. Yes, well, as soon as, as soon as Kaya finishes stuffing her face, uh, the four of you are escorted up to the barony. Now, none of you have really seen this before, with the exception of Yikishi, but it is a, in the other areas, there's only one, maybe two stories on the building. This one has attained a third story through engineering. And it's a very imposing building. The wooden palisades on the side seem to almost be grander than the walls outside the town itself. Mm. And it is very clear that this is a central seat of power within, within, within dissonance. Fancy place we're going here. Excuse me. I'm I'm sorry about that. But anyway. The man says, yes, the barony does have a certain air of authority. He is uh, quite unlike any leader we've ever had before. At first, we were a small gathering community, for lack of better words, survivalists just trying not to be some creature's food the next day, but... When the Baron fell from the heavens, he brought with him a golden age of dissonance. Ooh. Here to explain a little more. I want to touch things. Uh, Yes. Uh, I do understand the Baron is a rather busy man, so uh, he may or may not have something for you to do immediately. But he is, of course, always the first person to officially welcome new fallen If it weren't for our situation yesterday, he might have even welcomed you last night. But alas, even in a city of outcasts, there are people who do not fit in. Had some trouble last night? A few difficulties. Uh, The main issue was yesterday afternoon. Uh, We had, and you should be made well aware of this, we had uh, individuals journey too far north and disrupted some creatures while out on a hunt. Um... They have severely, or they appear to have severely, how should I say, dismantled the, uh, what tense alliances we have up north and whatever it is that they hunted. Was it something sacred? Uh, We are afraid so, but we are awaiting our expert to tell us about it. Hmm. So there's hunting season and non-hunting season? There are certain creatures that you are not to hunt under any circumstance, for doing so could upset the delicate balance of the ecosystem. Uh, This creature was apparently a guardian, and uh, it didn't look like it, according to these hunters, uh, who are awaiting, of course, their penance. But 
<clears throat> we still do not have all the details. Just do understand that if you intend to join the hunting division, there are certain game that you are and are not to hunt. You will, of course, be given all of the appropriate classifications and laws and regulations, such forth and such forth and such forth. Anyway, here we are. <clears throat> It takes you inside, and inside, it's it's not quite as loud as it was last night, Ikishi, but uh, there is still the air of people kind of wandering about. Uh, for the rest of you, uh, this this is interesting. Some of you may take to this better than most. The air is filled with the smell of smoke and brandy, and fine foods, fine dining... No sooner do you step inside than you see the floor is plush, almost to the thickness that you could lose your feet in. It uh, appears that you have stepped from a place of, of moderate survival to a place of sheer decadence. As you look uh, off to the side and, and you see that Upstairs, the, the carpeting kind of ends soon up into the stairs, but over to the side, it's just a large waiting room, almost like a, a not waiting room, but a large dining room that stretches for, well, almost as large as many of the rooms that you have seen yourself in Harmony. It is a grand hall fit for nobility, if it weren't for the fact it was made of wood on the outside. Stretch across the hall is multiple tables, individuals peddling coin as it clanks back and forth, the sound of instruments playing in every corner. Uh, Jace is kind of out of place here. He's more used to stables. <laughs> Almost as good as Harmony. It is... It could best be described as almost an inversion of harmony. Whereas these halls would be used for personal research, for great works, for artists and philosophers to uh, better themselves and seek greater heights or greater educations or what have you in harmony. Uh, this place looks quite the opposite, almost heretical to harmony. How so? Well, for one, there is not a lick of any of the wordings and inscriptions upon the walls that would indicate what the hall is dedicated to or who the hall is dedicated to. There is no, uh, there's certainly no decorum amongst the people. They appear to revel in their in their vice and their abuses of both uh, drink and gambling and revelry alike. Uh, it would seem that, well, this is quite the party animal's house compared to a more stuffy and less uh, wild city in the clouds. Poor imitation, I guess. Are the guards still with us? Um, they're with you, but I mean, they're not watching over you. They're not. They're not looking over your shoulder. They're just kind of there in the general vicinity. So it's a party? Um, at the moment it could best be described as an after party. <gasps> Is there food? Oh yes. 
yes, the food that hits your senses is absolutely a knockout of various meats, eggs, cheeses, wines. Um, you can smell different vegetables, different roasts. It's it is it is quite something. Ooh. Okay, uh, I I know where I'm going. And I start making my way to the food court. But we have to talk to the Baron first. Mm. Um. <laughs> I give you a side eye. If he invited us here, that means he wants us to be, you know, partake in all this. Why would they move me here if they didn't want me to partake in any of this? Well, this is the main room. The uh, person that summoned you comes and says, oh, this is the main room, and we're simply letting the Baron know that you are here. Uh, I don't suppose you survived with any coin to pay for any of this. He's charging me for his food? <laughs> yes, that is how an economy works, my dear. Oh. Hmm. Uh, granted, the rates are standard they're not particularly over the top but uh, you know we do have uh we do have to maintain ourselves here um hmm. Hmm. so how much is a leg of this meat looks like it goes oh that is uh that is the roast buffalo it's uh i believe it is a two gold a leg or two gold a serving can't remember. Uh. No, uh, that is one of the more expensive meats. And he points over there and says, uh, there is some uh, roast uh, some roast mutton. That'll do you quite nicely. It's still quite a good meal, I might add. Um, you'll find it's about a gold for the meal with sides. So where's your peasant food? <laughs> you I assumed that that was the wheat porridge that you had this morning. And uh, peasant is not true. There are, well, shall we say, other reasons for this existence. The Baron is more of the businessman than I, but he says it's something about uh, maintaining one's status. Don't do it to me. Uh, deals, many, uh, he's the one who communicates with a lot of the uh, more magically inclined creatures around here. Much of this, as he points out, is admittedly refuse to some of them. The the uh, creatures, the, the dark dwarves that delve into the mountains, they have no real need for the gold and gems, and we simply... I recall that meeting most of all. He... It was, it was the way the Baron's wording was, and he seems to almost get wistful about this, the way he describes this this deal that went down. Uh, and he says, the Baron came to them and explained to Idhelm, was his name, I believe, the, the uh, emissary, explained that he wanted to put on a grand display of the splendors of Petuna, and so had the gems and gold and all of those, uh, all of the things that we could prepare for coinage and rare metals uh, brought here and uh, that is the beginning of the hole that you see here see you made a profit 
as he is a man of many words, even if somewhat direct at times. <laughs> well, you see, I had a lot of money. I did. Truly, I did. But seeing as I fell from the sky, I left my money. Yes, uh, I'm afraid that is I'm afraid that is not an uncommon tale here at all. Mm. Uh, many people from nobility to common uh, to you know, just uh, anyone, really, uh, left much of their possessions, if not all of their possessions behind. That is why we oft refer to the clouds as uh, the fog of rebirth. Fog of rebirth, huh? Yes, I am sure that, like many others, as you activated the feather you were given as a child to protect you in case you fell, it consumed all of your worldly possessions. Hmm. Most. Just left us with the clothes on our backs. Yes, it is It is an interesting ability, but I believe it has to do with the ban that uh, occurred some time ago. Now, many of you are familiar with the ban. It's simply just referred to as the ban, but it basically translates into nothing goes down there, nothing comes up from there, from you know what was beneath the fog. And many philosophers argued that the idea of something being down here was preposterous, uh, but just in case they still signed into law the agreement that just, just in case there was something down there. It was not allowed up in harmony. Hmm. So I have to contribute to society. Well, certainly you could find some way of, of making coin, yes. And he, another individual, a young elven boy, comes up, whispers into the man's ear, and he says, Ah, yes, well, the Baron will see you now. Oh, good. Nice. You're taken. Uh, from the plush carpet up the stairs. And as soon as you make it past the first flight of stairs, uh, the carpet stops. What is left is simply wood and, I mean, decent enough construction. But it would seem that that room, that's probably all the real wealth that this fort has. As there's no real signs of, of glam or glitz beyond it. Up to the Baron's room, it is a simple wooden door, and when it opens, you see a decently enough made desk, and a gentleman, uh, rather large, but in shoulder, not uh, not width. <clears throat> he is quite a uh, striking-looking man. You guess he's on the taller side for a human... Uh, and his broad shoulders kind of <clears throat> straighten up as he looks and he says, Excellent! The new people, the new fallen. Come in, come in, come in. He's gonna... There are four seats for each of you. And uh, sitting there, in fact, for each of you is a glass of wine. I go ahead and move to the desk and take a seat. Yes, yes, come in, come in. Welcome. Welcome to Dissonance. I am, of course, known as the Baron, and uh, I would ask what li what brought you for here, but uh, we all know it's not quite by choice, now, is it? I shake my head. No, no. no. Is it ever? 
Actually, yes. We've had some people who just jumped. You could just do that. Jumped. Yes. Yes. I uh, <clears throat> I confess, I was one such man. You came down here willingly. How did you know what was down here beforehand? I didn't. But the the feeling that I was sitting up there in harmony, doing absolutely nothing with my life, but books and study and decorum, it drove me mad. And oh, sorry, it drove me mad as he kind of pounds onto the desk, and not just because I struck my knuckles against it. <laughs> He's just getting immersed. Yes, sorry, I get a little too into character here. Um, it says no, I. I pushed into greater things. I took greater strides. I saw that if they would deny us what was down here, surely it must have been a gift fit only for the gods. So I... It made more sense at the time. I flung myself from Harmony to see just what the gods were keeping from us. And he looks around and says, and now I see it as basically a playground for their interests. Yeah, how did you survive that fall? Uh, much as anyone else, the feather. Oh, you were able to get one before you jumped. Okay, so you do remember everyone has one. Yeah, it was well, given at birth. Not just for those who were getting kicked out. No, no, that's, that's ah. like everyone. That's, yeah, that's, okay, you okay. were raised as a child, you were taught how to use this thing. You know, you, you know it as about as well as the Air Force knows a parachute. <laughs> okay okay <laughs> so not at all you don't need a parachute on the ground <laughs> <laughs> which is obviously yeah. how we knew how to use it when we were falling <laughs> mm -hmm. yes yeah. he said and so here it is this space this land all of it the planeswalkers and the denizens around this area refer to it as Hithlind. It is, from their words, the very creation of Bachuna and her greatest accomplishment yet. And they hid this from us. Hid this. What's so important about it compared to, no offense, up there? Well, think about it. Isn't up it there, just their playground? Up there we toiled away and essentially did nothing but service them. But down here, creatures follow their gods, but do not actually, uh, but, but are not at their beck and call every day. Down here, there is, uh, I don't even know what to call it, a, a release, uh, an unbinding. Uh, a conscience? Uh, I suppose. Hmm. Interesting. Think about it. Here, the different races, those of us gifted, can be more than just whatever we are up there, mere peons and place and, and uh, pieces for the gods. I'm going to say something very, very dumb here, and I, I go into this saying this. But I, I look at the um, the three of three of you next to me, and I go, so this is what Spark Madness sounds like. <laughs> There's a bit of a pause, followed by, <laughs> I like you, but you may very well be right. 
and just kind of, no, Jace kind of nods his head, like, okay. Continue. The crazy one agrees with you. <laughs> the crazy one. <laughs> yes, yes. We have often believed that this is the spark. This need to expand. This need to grow. This need to do more than just sit up in an island in the clouds at the beck and call of our creators. No, this, this is what it means to be human, to be elven, to be dwarven, to be all the races. We will not sit idly by while this potential for all of us is wasted. And so, so you got bored up there and then you came down here and you became king. As a matter of speaking, yes. When I fell here, I saw that there were only the downtrodden and cast out of society. I did not find very many like me who had simply bored themselves to insanity. So I began to gather what peoples I could. Those who would work with me, or now, well, under the employ that you see here, those who not, well, they ventured elsewhere. To what ends, I do not know. And yes, yes, I have found the difficulties of rulership. I do not envy the Council of, of Harmony now that I think about it, for indeed some of their, some of their uh, difficulties have become my own. I'm sure you've seen the rather interesting accomplishments down below. Your party room, right? Ah, yes, the hall. <laughs> It is the collection of the uh, different species across Hithlind and whatever they bring to us in exchange for our ingenuity. For that is what many of them lack the most. Mm. He looks at all of you and goes, We are, as guests of Hithlind, problem solvers, first and foremost. We take the difficulties of the peoples around, we find what is troubling them, and we solve it in ways that they themselves cannot truly think of. And why can't they think of it? Most of the time, because they've never been in those kind... Mostly because they do not have the spark. At least that's my theory. The Fae only know how to deal with problems in the Fae way. The dwarves only know how to deal with problems in the dwarven way. Each of them, they run into troubles that they cannot deal with in their own traditional methods. They need someone out of the box, an outsider, to come in and fix things. That is where dissonance comes in. We meddle in their affairs, so they do not need to plead to other beings. Beings. I'm um, assuming you're referring to the gods there. Yes, well, they can sit up in their little high perch all they want. But mark my words, dissonance will outdo harmony one day. It's got a little bit of a ways to go. But, um, I believe we've uh, shot the breeze for long enough. I'm sure you called us with a reason in mind. Well, first and foremost, you four are, of course, the newest arrivals to the city, so I would welcome you as 
know, similar fallen beings. That is the primary reason. The secondary reason is, of course, since you have fallen, there is uh, little matter of are you going to be a problem or not? And I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Not from what uh, my not from what my inquisitor has told me. He believes that despite the interesting backgrounds and circumstances leading to your casting out of harmony, you are indeed made of stronger stuff than most that end up here. So, are we just instant citizens? Well, no. No one gets things around here for free. You have to earn it. I have to earn my citizenship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, there are a couple of ways to do that. Uh, you can get a recommendation from a guild master if you wish to join a guild. You'll join as an apprentice. You will learn a trade and a craft. Uh, also, that includes such things as the Farmer's Guild. So if, you are, if you're someone who's good with crops, you can join them. Uh, trade crafts, of course. Uh, arcane crafts. I've noticed you, three of you, do still have the mark of the arcane, or at least spark of magic, whatever they want to call it. So that would be a rather prized thing around here. Do well to care for that. Uh, some people are were magisters and people of arcane talent before the fall, but they lost their powers. No one really knows why that occurs. But uh, anyway, you can join a craft, or we have a number of things, uh, call it an adventurer's guild, if you will, uh, tasks here or there that don't really bind you to any particular uh, guild or need or really daily uh, schedule, but are in fact odd jobs throughout the city and the lands beyond. Sounds entertaining. Yes. It is, of course, the riskiest, but it pays the most, and it doesn't take very long to attain citizenship. Especially if you begin proving yourself sooner rather than later. Where is this Adventurer's Guild? Well, you'll be wanting to talk to Golden down in the, uh, down on the first floor, uh, away from the hall. The Adventurer's Guild is stationed out of here, and uh, I believe he already has tasks going out. But, that said, and he kind of claps his hands together, you can't very well go out into the wilderness in nothing but your clothes. That is why, if you accept this, uh, if you accept to join the Adventurer's Guild, I have seen fit to furnish you. Already, huh? Well, it's not the greatest of equipment. It is only what we can afford. But it's better than fighting goblins or the wildkin orcs or the... Or, what, or do they call them the feralkin? I shall, I shall have to ask them when I come back. Uh, but it certainly beats uh, going out onto life and limb risking situations and nothing but your tunic and trousers. Hmm. He has a point. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have specific requirements. I don't know if you'd be able to provide such specific requirements 
takes his wine glass and shakes around and says, Well, you're the insightful one, so incite me. There's this thing with metal and myself. Ah, ah. yes, I am familiar with, uh, with that requirement. Uh, Ural, our resident ambassador to the Orcs, he, uh, he has the same issue to some extent. He uses weapons made of metal, but he really prefers no armor at all. Yes, well, I, I do prefer armor. Actually, I... he prefers no clothes at all now that I think about it, but that's a... That's oh. an entirely different matter. <laughs> <laughs> I am okay with weapons of metal as well. It's just the clothing oneself in metal that is the issue. Fair, fair. I, I understand that. You wanted to get one with nature, and what better place to do it than here? And and he just kind of looks around and says, in the garden, the forbidden garden, if you will, of the gods. He seems to have taken this whole not being in paradise thing pretty well. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> it sucks. Sounds right at home. <laughs> but anyway, Golden awaits the guildmaster. We shall... Uh... I shall send some fitters down and they'll see if they can't get you put together and ready to go. Uh, do we get a guide down there so we don't get lost? That's for him to know and for me to send you that direction. What? Okay. Point away. Point away. Uh, downstairs, over on the other side, uh, and he looks at him and goes, uh, Efrix, can you see them down? And a uh, young female elf says, Yes, Baron, I'll see to them. Uh, come along. I probably follow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I trot. Um, soon after, you meet with the guildmaster, and he's a no-nonsense type guy. He cuts straight to the chase, and he says, Alright, so you're the one the Baron wants to send out up north. Uh... Not that big a deal. Basically, you can either spend a bunch of time sitting around town waiting for something to happen, or you can handle a situation we've got up north. We have a creature that we need identified. Does this have anything to do with the hunting incident? <sighs> Mizzy does talk too much, doesn't he? Anyway, yeah. yes, we have a situation, and we are a bit short-staffed. Uh, they have gone on to look at the different uh, carnivores in the area to make sure that the city is still safe, but we need someone to take the game that was hunted and take it to one of the orc tribes up north to have it identified. All right, I'm assuming pack animals and the like will be provided, or is it not that far north? Some travel horses can be provided, although please... We need them back. I will bring them back, probably in better shape than when they left. I hope so. Travel horses seem to be the thing we lose more than anything else out there. Is this right. a large creature that we're taking? No, uh, it's not really that large at all. In fact, and he brings you the bag and he opens it up and it's 
it's scaly. It's almost like a, a long fish, but draconic at the head. With uh, very small wings. I said, we knew there was a trouble. We knew there was a problem when something with this small of a wingspan was flying. And when they started boasting about it, we'd realized that we may very well have run afoul of the Fae. Explain a little more. Uh, the Fey Wilds to the west are yeah. home to some of the more dangerous, magically inclined creatures here on Hithlind. And we do not, as a habit, hunt in that region for fear of angering the Fey. They have creatures that could destroy this city in but mere moments, and the very trees themselves would rise up to destroy us. Why was that thing in the north if it's from the Feywilds in the west? We're not sure, and that's part of the conundrum. See, normally they're typically in the west, but for this one to have traveled north, we, uh, we don't know. Uh, would I... Not necessarily, obviously, for this specific animal, but as a general knowledge thing, would I know why animals leave their normal habitats? Uh, their habitat is usually no longer sufficient to sustain them. Be it either too dangerous, not supplied enough, or something scared them. Okay. I mean, there's there's any number of reasons why. Okay. Do you have a... Uh a list or a bestiary so that we can know if something is attacking us, whether we should or shouldn't kill it. If it looks like it should, if it doesn't look like a beast, leave it alone. For now, that's the general description. If it looks to be otherworldly, if it looks to not quite be uh, like a game animal, then please leave it alone. What's a game animal down here? Uh, and he just kind of like so he says, ah, oh, yeah, they need the hunting guide here. And he hands you a rather large tome, and it's just the it's just referred to as the bestiary. And you start to kind of flip through it, and it's a lot of laws and regulations about hunting, but there is a section in the back about the different kinds of animals. And it, it looks like uh <clears throat> large woolly bovine style creatures. Oh. Almost like a buffalo, but with kind of a more elongated hair front. Actually, more like a yak. I'm sorry, I had to think about that. Like like a yak with a bit of fluff to it. Aww. Yak. Um, there is there there's actually an entire section on venison. Uh if they have glowing red antlers, no. Don't don't attack those. Um Basically, he says, it, it really boils down to anything out of the ordinary. If you see a herd of something, it's usually not that spectacular and is probably safe to hunt. Okay. Can we Make keep sense. this? Uh, or I suppose we, 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 I suppose we do have a couple of copies. We can always make a new one. Okay. <laughs> because, you know, we can't really memorize it in a moment. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, with that said, um, each of you have had your character sheets uh, to this point. Mm -hmm. The gear and equipment section that is in your character sheets is now activated. Yay!
Yeah. I have AC. <laughs> what? It takes a little time to get you fitted, but they do, in fact, find a fitting. They do have to cut a hole out of one of the leather pants so that you, mm -hmm. she's tail can stick through. But, Yay, my tail! <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they seem to know what they're doing. Mine doesn't have to be tailored, right? Uh, no, actually, they seem to have a couple of gnomes. Yay! Because, <laughs> you know, my legs, they're not long. Nor my arms. Oh. Yeah. At first, they have one for halflings, and you you try on, I believe, what is your armor? I believe it's a scale mail or a chain mail? It is... Oh, darn it, where are you? Page one, halfway down. Mm. No, I closed it. Hold on. Oh, no. Page one, halfway down. Okay. Um, ba, 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 ba. I got chainmail. Chainmail, yeah. So, yep. you know, they get the they get the the gambeson on you, and then they go to put the chainmail on, and the chainmail just like hits the floor <laughs> with another <laughs> foot or two to spare. And I raise my hands up with the long sleeves. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like oh. uh, we we can work with this. If, if you just curl it back up, you get two layers. That's. But it's kind of heavy. <laughs> so that sounds heavy. <laughs> yeah, that's not quite how it works. <laughs> that's not how armor so, works. <laughs> so, instructed, grant, given a map, and sent on your way, the four of you head on horseback towards the north. Thank you all for joining us for Harmony's Fall. We look forward to seeing you again. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Have a wonderful day.